0: Hi, everybody. It's Russell My MyHammer's Eleven. I hope you're all safe and well for YouTube channel. Please consider subscribing and hitting that bell icon so you're notified anytime we put new content on. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. I would not want you to miss any of the stories, any of the memories, any of the plays we talk about. So make sure you hit that bell notification. Uh, today's guest... Um, we have I've interviewed a couple of the people from the We Are West Ham podcast, but James is a co-founder of that. He's also founder of uh, West Ham World as well. Um, it's James Jones. Hi, James. How are you doing, man?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. You?
0: Not bad. How's, how's everything going at the moment with you? Uh,
1: yeah, West Ham aside, everything's uh, <laughs> fine. Um, coming out the, the, the back end of uh, lockdown, which is nice. Uh, yeah. A little bit more freedom now, haven't we? So, um, yeah. And uh, means we can get out a little bit more of our of our six month old baby, which would be nice. So oh. um, we can actually show him the world a little bit more because he spent half his life in lockdown. Yeah, exactly, a proper so,
0: lockdown baby. Well, wow, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah it's one of so. those things, and you know, soon you'll be able to show him off down the pub
1: as well. Exactly, that's, the, week's that's time. the thing I'm looking forward to most. <laughs> he, he owes me a few beers, to be fair. <laughs>
0: oh, bless yeah, He's had a few few late nights in it, so for you, I yeah. know we've all been there, and we've all been there. But yeah, as you said, it's nice also to you know, now in the last couple of weeks, you know, a bit more, res- less restrictions. So you can like walk him about outside and stuff like that as well. So exactly. yeah, it's lovely. And, and football is back, you know, despite the fact it's West Ham and despite the fact we haven't done so great the first two games, at least they're back and there's, we can moan about something new, can't we?
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the less said about the last couple of games, the better, I think. But um yeah, moaning is what we do, isn't it? Most of the times, it's what we Take do isn't the we last say. decade or so. Exactly, so, yeah.
0: exactly. Some
1: bloke I spoke to
0: the other day said West Ham over the last few years has been a bit like a chore um, going to yeah. London Stadium, but it's a chore he wants to bring back as well. So you know, it sort of makes sense. It makes sense, but uh, it is what it is. But anyway, we'll talk. We're not talking about the current team. We're talking about memories. It's the whole idea of this sort of series, as you know. Um, in terms of you, James, how did how did it begin? How, why West? Why West Ham? Why is that your team?
1: It's my dad. Yep. Um, like probably like a lot of fans. Um, he, I just grew up. I, my first memory of West Ham and my dad was him screaming at the telly, and I was a little bit too young to really understand what he was screaming at or why he was screaming. Uh, now I f- full well understand why he was screaming. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then I was like, "What's this?" And then suddenly he, t- he, t- he takes me to my first game. I think it was April 1994, so I was about six years old. Uh, that's the first game I remember. He actually took me to my first game at the age of about three. Wow. Um, dragged my mum along as well, and I cried every single game uh, goal. I think he won 4-0 uh, against Norwich, I think it was. Um, and I cried every single every single, because it was too loud for me because I was too young. Yeah, uh, but he was so desperate for me to to grow up as a West Ham fan, so much so that when I was a little bit older, he threatened to kick me out if he ever came home from school and told him I supported Spurs. Uh, and he'd make me homeless. And I must have been about seven or eight, as you can imagine. I was almost scared into being yeah. a West Ham fan. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's no longer with us, bless him. So it's, it's even more... Um, I don't know, it's something that I kind of feel obliged to carry on within yeah. the family, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. with my, my son now. So yeah. um, as much as I kind of get annoyed a little bit, it's like, what, that, why have you put me through this pain and this, this torture being a West Ham fan? But I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Nah, um, nah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean It's one of those things Isn't it It's like I think I think Will actually said it The other day When I was interviewing him He said most You know Hereditary stuff You know It could be eczema It could be asthma But no It was another Worse condition than that And it's yeah. true It is true And as you said You'll be Doesn't matter what happens You'll end up passing it down To your boy as well I, I passed it down to my daughter She's not really uh, She wasn't I mean she's eight So she sort of She got When she was young Like sort of three or four She liked dressing up In the West Ham top And then she went A little bit girly Girly, she's still girly girly, but the, with the emergence of the West Ham women's team, she's yeah. taken this new interest. And we only live, you know, I live in, in sort of Gidea Park, Hornchurch area, so I live like literally five minutes away from Rush Green. So, mm. yeah, she's popping into it now, So, it's nice when you take your son, there'll be a special day and you'll remember that day, yeah. yeah. And that's 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 what it's about memories. And obviously, since then, since all the sort of, sort of early ish mid 90s onwards, you know, we haven't had a, the best of times. Swiss Ham compared to some people we've interviewed, where they joined in, you know, fans in the '60s and even the '80s. You know, there must have been some highlights in that in that time for you. Maybe when you with you and your old man at the football or whatever that sort of stick out in your brain as uh, as sort of key moments of your West Ham career.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few that that really stand out. Um, Not so much with my old man. Um, He stopped going when we got relegated in 2003. Sure, uh, I carried on going. Yeah. Um, I think I only had two years off of being a season ticket older when I was at uni. Um, so I've been going. I've had a season ticket ever since he started taking me. Really, mm. um, but he he sort of gave it all up when we got relegated really in 2003. You know that that famous go down with the best team ever to go down and yeah. forty two points and everything. But um, but since then it's been it's been pretty good. You know the the FA Cup final is one that stands out. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, me and my brother go now quite a lot. He's a little bit younger than me, but, you know, that's one of the great memories because he was quite young when we got to the FA Cup final. Sure. And it was quite a, an emotional time. Um, and then, you know, winning at Wembley in the play final for me was the, the, the pinnacle because I'd always dreamed of seeing West Ham win at Wembley. Yeah. And, um, and then fortunately, we obviously got to the play final and then did it against Blackpool, even though we didn't really deserve it on the day. No. But, um, so yeah, there, there are a few, but then obviously, and I mean, I'm sure many people have said, you know, that last season at Upton Park is probably, yeah. probably one of the biggest highlights of my lifetime so far supporting mm. West Ham, just because it was a, it wasn't just a one-off game; it was the entire season, yeah. uh, and then it ended with that, that fantastic game against United. Um, it's just a shame you couldn't get that top four spot. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of good memories, but um, backed up with a lot of bad ones as well. Yeah.
0: It's, as you said, you know, we said it before, you know, when your war song, when your big, you know, go to war song is about things fading and dying. It's like, it's yeah. like you're sort of used to it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, speaking of speaking of kids and stuff, I mean, that playoff final was my daughter's due date. So I had a fucking good seat. I was I was front row, of the bag in the middle of the goal, you know, second half goal. So when we, um, when Tay scored, he was right in front of me. Yeah, that was that was a, uh, and then three days on, she she was born about three days later. And then two days after that, I've got a picture of her sat in the playoff trophy because I knew where oh, it was going to wow. be. So I spoke to Eddie and got me in, and I got a stunk. So yeah, she was uh, scarred from such a young age. But yeah, I know yeah, seeing as you said the playoffs and 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 Wembley, though I'm although I'm an do you know what I I preferred Cardiff. I'll be honest because Wembley was like Wembley was amazing, but then Cardiff was like such like a better atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? In terms of a bit like when people compare Upton Park to London Stadium, you know, Wembley is quite corporate, isn't it? It's like nothing there. And then you get to the ground. Whereas Cardiff, Millennium Stadium's is bang in the middle of that city center, isn't it? And they, and it was just mental. I just remember three, uh, the same car park space three years in a row. Um, it was mental, that place. But, yeah, no, I, I preferred it, to be honest, just for the experience. But also, the, the dry, you know, it's like, you know, for people who live in London or whatever, going to Wembley, it's like, well, you just get the Jubilee line. You know what I mean? It's not like, always oh, exciting where, like, Cardiff, everyone was in their cars and down yeah, down. And yeah. it, was, it was
1: brilliant, absolutely mental. I, I actually, I went to the, the, the one that we lost the year before that at Cardiff against Palace. Yeah. Um, and the, the following year, when we got there again, I had a chance to get a ticket and I just went, no, I don't want to go. Went last year. We lost. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to jinx it this year. And obviously we won the year. I didn't go. Um, and then you went back for the 2006. Yeah. Season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we lost that one. He's so changed. yeah, it's what it is. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: It's what it is. I mean, I still, I still, I still have that nightmares about that crystal palace game. And, uh, when i do it like if i dj like a friend i used to do a lot of DJing. but when i do it it's very sporadically now for friends and family for like weddings and stuff if they if someone comes up and asks for glad all over i, I refuse to play it because that name no, that song of all those crystal yeah. palace lot just bouncing their yellow top singing glad all over it's just like and that drive home as well that two and a half hour drive terrible. home awful. <laughs> that's a flip side but then but then the 2006 one was weird because like we lost but it didn't feel like we lost. It was really, it was like such a weird game. It was a great final, Yeah. not it? Yeah, yeah it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But it was just a bizarre thing, you know, getting all the scousers coming up to you afterwards and yeah. saying, "Yeah, you should, we should have won that, and you know, you you were lucky, and we, yeah, you were lucky." It's like you know, mm. and I, I just remember, I just remember, I, I have night again nightmares of Marlon because he only had one leg, didn't he, by the end, and it, and that ball yeah, came along and he swang goal, with the, log- ah, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's funny, yeah, things like that, and doing this type of doing this show. Doing this channel, I mean, you know, all these memories come flooding back, and you get like really random, like, incidents and, and matches and, and goals and players just pop in as you're talking around. Like, the other day, I was chatting to someone, and I don't know how we got into the conversation, but like, Abdulay Faye came up in conversation. I was like, yeah. oh my god, sorry, spoiler in case it's in your team, James, but um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Papa Booba Diop as well. It's like, oh my god, I've come- yeah, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant fun, but um, talking about your 11 as I said, we try and get people to do their 11. So um, it's an open brief, basically. It's nice and simple. Um, the only really rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. So it means yeah. that obviously we get different 11s. Cause if we, if I said, what's your West Ham dream 11 through, you know, through your old man and, th- and stories you've heard from people, you know, throughout the years you'll be having, you know, Bob Bobby Moore and Jeffers and mine, like, but we never saw him. You mean, we never saw him? So it doesn't seem fair to put him in our team, so to speak. So that's the whole idea of this 11. Mm-hmm. So, so for your eleven, James, your eleven. Um, who do we have in goal?
1: Well, I'll start with saying that it's a bit of an unbalanced eleven. <laughs> um I mean I've been I've been hammering an and R over this for you know, ever since you asked me to come on. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 more it's like a it's a four two three one stroke four know. two four. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> we're gonna go with it in goal. Um, a lot of people would probably say Ludo. Uh, yeah, my age, but I've gone for Robert Green. Yeah, um, purely because um, not just because Ludo is the obvious, the, the, the t- potentially the obvious one, but I just think I just look back at that game he had at, at the Emirates um, mm. when he was he was literally a brick wall, and you know he was a solid, solid goalkeeper for us for I think he was at a club for what five years. Um, yeah, really put a foot wrong. Um, unfortunately, he went on and made that mistake for England at the World Cup. But you know, it, I don't recall him ever making a mistake for West Ham in between the sticks, and and even down in the Championship, he was he was superb for us down oh, there. Brilliant. So, um, you know, one of the best goalkeepers we've had in in my lifetime, uh, in yeah. many fans' lifetime. Um, so, if, if it wasn't going to be Ludo, it was definitely going to be him. But I mean, we've been quite lucky with goalkeepers in the Um, over we years have. And, um mm. Barring. Um, backup goalkeepers but um we won't say his name but yeah there are the number ones we have had have been pretty good
0: yeah we've had sort of quite a nice succession as you say not in our time particularly obviously we had Ludo and had you know you had Shaka and David James and Robert Green and Joe and you know we've (laughs) and Fabianski we've done all right you know we've all of them would 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 you know easily get into a sort of you know top you know, six to ten position team, wouldn't they? No problem at all. What I like yeah. about Greeno is he didn't give, doesn't give a shit about. You know, he, he he takes doesn't take himself too seriously. And there's so many footballers nowadays take themselves really seriously. And mm. you know, even when when he was playing, you know, he had like England number six that stitched on his gloves and. Stuff. I love that. Yeah. It's brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can yeah. relate to them when they're being a bit sort of self derogative about themselves. But, like but he was so good as well. He was. He was, he was. He was an incredible goalkeeper. And you said you said about the Arsenal game. He there were so many games where he he basically won us the game, you know, Mm. and doesn't usually happen with West Ham where the goalkeeper has a complete worldie. You'll get spread, like Ludo gets Man United, you know, sporadically has this like out of body experience. Um, And and you don't, but Greeno was doing it every few games, you know, he didn't have a great, you know, great defense around him really at times, but he he, he kept us in the game and that's so important for goalkeeper. Um, Right, we'll put Greeno in. Good shout. Let's go left back then, James.
1: Uh, Like many, Probably have picked him as well, but it's got to be Dixie. Ra- oh sorry, Dixie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I almost put Van right Ra- in actually, but it is Dixie. You can't. It can't be anyone else. Nah. It can't be anyone else. Um, from one of my like my earliest memories of, of going to West stand and supporting West Ham, you know, smashing in penalties, yep. like nobody's his business, and you know, I think I recall one game he almost broke Schmeichel's fingers with a yes. penalty. And you know, it, it, it was just it was one of the the first idols I had at the club. That um, mm. just everything everything he did, uh, his passion for the football club is obviously you know everyone knows about how much he loves the football club. And um, and my dad, he was my dad's hero, and he kind mm. of and sort of told me all about Dixie. And then obviously I grew up watching him towards the yeah. middle till the end of his career. And yeah, I mean you don't really have to justify Dixie being in the in no. year eleven, really, do. You? No, 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 so no everyone no. Knows, everyone knows all about Julian Dix. Yeah.
0: No, you you're right. And it's one of those players that, that, you know, I always, although we all as fans put him in, in our 11, you know, when when the players put him in, in put him put in their 11, that, that to me means like, you know, particularly someone like, um, who was the one that surprised me the other day? Mark Ward the other day. He basically read off the 86 team as his dream team, as his 11, and put Julian in. And he goes, you know, if we had Julian Dix, we would have won the league. It wouldn't have been if, but how many points we'd have won the league by. And I was like, well, You know, you know. Obviously, yeah. he puts him in high, high, yeah. high instead. But uh, yeah, we'll put June in. That's a great shout. uh As you said, yeah. I mean, I think I think Julian is our top pick across the. Uh, I'm no surprised. I didn't bring my. I always have my spreadsheet, Jane. Like, oh, you know, it's this. I'm getting a bit lax now after my like the 80th interview. um But Julian Dix is. He says when he's going through his spreadsheet. Yeah, I mean, two thirds of people we've interviewed, Julian Dix has been our he's in the team. Not surprising. No surprise. Not surprising. Right, we'll put Julian in. Okay, let's go right back. Let's go the other side then, James.
1: Right back, and I'm pretty sure Will would have would have said the same. But it's Thomas Repka. Um, I, I don't know whether he, he did or not, but Thomas <laughs> Repka for me. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, he wasn't the greatest right back in the world, um, <laughs> but he was just passionate. Like, I mean, we all, everyone knows we would love passionate players. West Ham, yeah. you know, as long as you've got a bit of passion and a bit of heart and you give everything every single game, it doesn't matter how good you are, really. Yeah. Um and, you know, I just everyone fell in love with Repka and, you know, everyone remembers that last game where he wanted to go back home, fair enough. And yeah. um, you know, he was he was crying and I'm sure there were many fans in the in the in the crowd crying as well. And he just gave so many good years to the football club without re- really putting a foot wrong. No. Nah, nah. Um and, yeah, he's just—he's a fan favourite, wasn't he? And, he was. Um, since, since he's retired, he's um, been <laughs> controversial, to say the least, um, in and out of prison and, and whatnot. But yeah. it kind of makes me love him a little bit more because he, just, yeah. he doesn't really care, does he? He's, no. he's, he's his own man. And, he is. Um, but on the pitch for West Ham, he was, he was immense and you know, oh, yeah, my, fa- my favourite player.
0: Yeah, no, I no, I Tommy Repka, yeah, he was, he he was in Will's team, albeit centre back. He put a different right back in, um, but no, yeah, he was, uh, no, he was good fun. Yeah, he was good fun. He, he was, he, uh, as we said before, he was like our uh, record signing, wasn't he from Florentina? You know, he's he, was, yeah, he was, yeah, and he didn't get sent off twice in the first four games or something like that as well. And,
1: so, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah,
0: as you said, that was Repka.
1: Yeah, that was Repka,
0: and and he was part of that era when. It was exciting to go and watch West Ham because you did. It was unpredictable, wasn't it? You didn't know whether Thomas Repka was going to get sent off or, you know, if hit with Paolo. You know, it was so many sort of plot lines in terms of West Ham at that time. But yeah, yeah. Tommy Repka was great fun, and uh, I'll always always remember, you know, just that last game when everyone just started singing. So they so yeah. just built, 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 and built. Yeah. And he looked shocked more than anything by that, which was which was lovely to see. We lovely could do a, do a bit of that fight now, you know what I mean? A bit, a bit of Repka yeah. fight, yeah. Too right, yeah. Too right. Too right. Okay, we'll put Tommy Repka in. Okay, who's your first sense about then, James?
1: Um, another one a lot of people probably will have said is Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. Um, he's one of the first players I recall coming through the academy. Yeah, um, when you know during my early early years as a West Ham fan, and he was just absolute class. You know, he just knew mm. class even at the age of what 17, 18 mm. in the Premier League, and you know it was no surprise he then he went on and became a legend at Man United. Uh, absolutely gutted when we saw him to Leeds, mm. um, but he was just one of the classiest centre backs I think we've ever had, and you know nothing fazed him even at such a young age. No. And I actually got the. I actually went into the the players' lounge. I don't really remember the players' lounge at, at Upton Park. Yeah, that sort of bar um, around there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, I met him when he was what eighteen years old, and I, I can't remember how old I was. I would have been sort of less, de- definitely under, under the age of ten. Yeah, and um, and I was just completely starstruck. Really, it was like, and he gave me his autograph, and um, and yeah, just just a class bloke by mm. and off the pitch, and. Um, and, you know, everyone talks about if we'd have kept the likes of him and all the other players that come through, you know, what, what could we have achieved? For me, yeah. out of all of those players, he was the best to come out of that You know, mm. that, that, that era at West Ham, the likes of yeah. Lampard and Joe Carl and stuff like that. He was the very best and he's gone on and achieved so, achieve so much. Yes. Um, and it's, it, we should be proud that one of, our, one of our, you know, academy players has gone on to, to do that in, in, in their career. Yeah, no, no, totally. He's definitely
0: up there. Yeah, totally. I'm exactly the same. You know, every time you see Rio, you know, even if he was on Peter Crouch's thing the other week, weren't he, on Saturday night, uh, and stuff like that, you still think of him as a West End boy, you know, despite yeah, the fact that he was in, you know, and, and, I think with Rio, you're right, and he's one of those he's one of those benchmark players. So obviously Bobby Moore was a benchmark player, and so every everyone came in after him was compared to Bobby Moore. Or now all the young, all the defend, all the young defenders, particularly coming in for West Ham, go it into Rio because obviously he made such an impact at such a young age. But yeah, no, I think yeah, yeah I, I agree. And uh, I mean, we had so we had Tony. I mean, you've had Tony Carr as well on, on the on the on the podcast. Mm. We had him as well, and uh, yeah, when he just reels off that academy of that academy of players he brought in is it was incredible and and to be honest harry made a good point as well he said you know until that's all crop there wasn't such a nuke such a like you get one or two you get maybe tony cotty and but Mm. there was like six of them came along at one time and um you just made such an impact and you're right what could have been what could have been um same as same that, that crystal palace game you know Carrick should have got a penalty <laughs> yes. and if he had that penalty we would have probably gone through and then Carrick may well have stayed with us because we were, he'd have gave it, cause he gave us that season and obviously we didn't
1: go up and he went to Tottenham. So it's so all what-ifs at West Ham, isn't it? Is, oh, what ifs. It is. I, I'm,
0: I'm definitely going to do a sliding doors 11, you know, where yeah. sort of there's this, and it could have happened, or this could have happened, and this, and it's just, yeah, it's one of those ones, but um, could have been, coulda, have, woulda, have, shoulda, have, you know, sort of uh, players getting injured and stuff too early on in their career. But we'll put Rio in, okay? We'll put Rio in, good shout. and who's Rio going to partner in the middle, James?
1: Winston Reed. Rido. And... It, uh, purely because when we signed him I mean the club made a big deal about it they went you know we've signed this World Cup superstar <laughs> everyone went oh my god who could it be it was Cannavaro
0: when it came it yeah. was
1: like Winston Reid and everyone was like who the hell is this guy and then oh he's the guy that scored for New Zealand's first ever World Cup goal and, yeah. you know, and uh, it was like yeah but why Like, why have we signed this guy and I think yeah. he only cost like 4 million or something like that yep. an and And I seem to remember he he, he struggled to get in the team for maybe the first six months to a year, maybe. Maybe the first season he struggled and then he he got his break. And I think ever since then, he just got, he was a rock at the back for us for for a good few years. Yeah, he was. And then, of course, he scored that, you know, historic final ever goal at the bowling ground. And i will always, you know, adore him for that moment alone. Yeah but he, a lot of people forget what he did before then you know the, the goal against millwall yes and you know he was just a class centre half for a good four four years before unfortunately injuries kind of ruined his career mm. and you know he's he's out on line at the moment I don't think he'll play for us ever again um, and it's a shame that he won't really get a, probably probably won't get the goodbye that he deserves at the club well technically, technically he's been here, he, he signed him in 2010 um, yeah. so his testimonial year next year,
0: really, yeah. season. So um, I, I was exactly the same with you, you know, World Cup win. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Canavaro or, you know, Nestor or whoever it was at the time. And he's like, yeah, this guy from New Zealand. And I remember watching him in the games thinking he was all right. Um, but I didn't really think of him. But you're right. I mean, he was brilliant. There was, this, it was a period of time where Arsenal wanted him, Liverpool wanted him. Um, he was class. He was class. He was
1: absolutely class. Um, like you always felt safe with him at the back, mm. and he always, you know, he was just completely solid. Yeah. Uh, for for at least two or three of those years. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think um, he's he's made over what over 200 appearances for the club as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely in my my eleven. Yep. Good shot,
0: Okay. That's the that's the back four done. Let's go left midfield then, James. Who we got?
1: Well, it's it's, it's a, as I said to you at the beginning, my my formation's a little bit a Quite little bit right. weird, yeah. so yeah, fine, I'm, I'm going to go straight into central midfield. Go for it. Um, that's the way my 11s worked out. Go for uh, it. And this is where it gets a little bit unbalanced. But Scott Parker, yeah, is, is in there. Uh, I'm sure he's made a lot of people's teams, but uh, I can't remember the last time. Mark Noble aside, but you know he played alongside Mark Noble, mm-hmm. but um, I can't remember the last time we had a player, a proper leader. Mm. In the team, you know, everyone talks about that uh, half time team talk. At West Brom with a three yeah. down, we came back and won th- uh, th- uh, Drew 3 3 uh, because Everam Grant was just didn't know what he was going to do. Uh, Scott Scott Parker steps up and we nick a point. Um, yeah. You know, three Hammer of the Year awards in a row. Uh, only the second West Ham player to do that, other than Trevor Brooking. Yep. Um, Football Writers of the Year award. Um, what, the only the second West Ham player to do that behind Bobby Moore. Yeah, um, he, he, he's a le- for me. He's a legend. Um, yeah, I know he didn't. You know, he didn't win anything with us. Uh, he left for Spurs, which a lot of people, you know, a lot of people hold a grudge against him for. Um, but we'd just been relegated, and yeah. you know, he was just getting into the England team, um, and he deserved to be still be playing in the Premier League. Totally. Unfortunately, it was Spurs that came in and bought him. Yeah. Um, and he did play four games in the Championship for us. So, he, didn't force he a move. did. move. Yeah,
0: um,
1: And I've got a lot of respect for him for that because, you know, as we've seen over the last couple of years, more often than not, if a player wants to leave West Ham, he'll leave West Ham <laughs> and he'll yeah. do it his own way um, and forget about, you know, what West Ham are doing. So, um, forget about what the fans think of him. So, yeah, I think um, I think Scott Parker's... Uh, shoo-in for that
0: one, yeah, 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 no, definitely. And I always used to love that the Scotty turn, you know, he, he just
1: did that little turn,
0: didn't he? Stick his yeah. ass out and 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 I loved, and, loved and, a
1: 360,
0: he loved a 360. Mark Noble loves a 360 as well, he does, yeah. I think he learned it. And I, and I, I, I half even expect Deck to start rolling out the 360 scene, but yeah, no, he loved the 360s was Scotty P. And obviously, you know, he's yeah, as I said, I think I think he's one of those people who people put an asterisk against his name because of he went to Tottenham and it's like, well, you know, I think nowadays people just need to, it, football's not about as, as much as fans want it to be about, it's not about loyalty anymore now. I mean, Scott gave us loyalty. You know, he stayed, he said those four games. I think Will brought up the point, he went to Watford away or something like that mm. and he'd scored on that Wednesday, that Tuesday night and he could have he could have had a hammy. you know, he could have pulled an injury, or but he didn't, he yeah. still played. Um, and I, I don't think people give him enough credit um because of the because he went to Tottenham. A bit like Carrick. I think Carrick misses out a lot of people's elevens because of the same reason because he went to Tottenham. But Carrick gave us you know, Carrick was the only one who was decent enough to stay in the championship with us when we went down. So um but yeah, I think you'll definitely put Scott Parker in, that's a good shout. Okay, who's he gonna park then in the centre or however you wanna play?
1: So th- this is where I was struggling a little bit because um my current favorite player at West Ham, and he has been for many, many years, is Mark Noble. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure it's the same for. I just think you know the guys living living the dream of every West Ham fan. You know, yeah. he's closing in on 500 games for the club, and you know, for me, he's a, he, he's, a he's a club legend. But I couldn't leave out Joe Cole. Now, the way my team's like lined up, I couldn't I couldn't squeeze them all in. So Joe Cole beats Mark Noble to to this to this spot. Yeah, and already you're seeing how unbalanced my team's very fast <laughs> <matter>. becoming. Um, <laughs> no. But for me, Joe Cole is—I mean, he was for me—he was probably the first uh, skillful player that I remember sort of really adoring at West Ham. Mm. You know, he had all the tricks. You know, we yeah. saw—you know saw the clips from coming through the youth team, um, and then he—you know—he breaks into the first team, and all the tricks of the trade. You know, got fans off up of their seats, and it was just a class act. Uh, much like Rio was at such a young age at West Ham. Yeah. Again, he's another one of those players. That everyone goes, oh, if, if he'd have stayed, now what could we achieve? But um, again, you know, he, he gave a good few years at the club. He did um, class. Again, a lot of people go, oh, you know, he left for left for Chelsea and, and this and the other. But we, we'd gone down. Now we had to move on. Yeah. Um, he was too good for the for Division One or the Championship, or wherever yeah. it was then. And and unfortunately, just like. Um, Parker, it was a rival that came in and, and, and bought him and yeah. uh, but he came back for, for a year or two, then he, he and, did. Um scored a, good, a, re, a few really important goals. So uh, and I'm sure he would make many other people's teams as well. I just think he's just another West Ham boy, um, born and bred and um yeah you can't you can't leave a pal like Joe out your eleven. No,
0: no, I know what you mean. And obviously, you know you say when those, when those again when those sliding door moments, but I think also in terms of Joe, you know, because arguably he was most exciting as a player when he was at West Ham because he wasn't restricted. You know, when he went to Chelsea and England, he was almost forced onto the left wing. Joe's, Joe's one of those players you just got a, it's that free role which you don't have in football anymore now it's all it's all position based isn't it but he was your archetypal free role, and he could if you let him roll and just let him go and he would he should do the tricks and he would do the flicks and do the spins and he could have been you know, he could have been, you know, one of the greatest players in the world. I honestly think if he stayed at West Ham in a weird way, just because of the way he'd progressed, obviously he wouldn't necessarily win anything as a trouble, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it was almost very similar to Rio. Rio was this ball playing maverick defender. He goes to United and he, that's gets stripped out of his game and he becomes a defender, really not really mm-hmm. the ball player. Um, and 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 that's what you get for playing in it as argued before yeah, that's what you get for playing in, well, in a decent yeah, yeah. team. You know, you get this is your position, this is what you do. Um but someone like Joe, I mean I, I remember seeing him for the youth team, you know, under you know, under thirteens and stuff as well, in the local teams and he was already earmarked and you know, obviously we signed when he signed to the pitch, we ran a big hoo ha. It was against Chelsea as well. We signed him when he was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um it's just another sliding doors moment. But uh, no, yeah, Joe's great guy and uh, obviously you know he's just left Chelsea hasn't he just left Chelsea today he said he's going to take a year he reckons going round and learning about being a manager and coaching and stuff like that good luck to him might be might might put down uh, might put down rush green (laughs) get your boots bring your boots on (laughs) <laughs> even Kevin Nolan could you imagine them two God dear contrast of styles very much and David Moyles all three of them together bless them right okay who's next who's next to your team James
1: right, just behind the front three yep I've got um, Paolo yep uh, I'm sure he's made probably everyone's team um, uh, there's not much I can say about Paolo that other people probably don't even know or haven't already said already but um, so good that uh, my dad bought me a West Ham shirt with the genius on the back Really, Um and I think bought my brother one as well. Um <laughs> I think it was my brother's first hero as well because my brother's a little bit younger, so mm-hmm. he was like the, the 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 household just West Ham like legend growing yeah. up, and uh, I'm sure he was for everyone else. And just that, just what he did, and the tantrums he threw were just amazing. You just loved him for it, and like. I remember when we signed him And I was like This guy, this, this is the geezer That pushed over that referee like, <laughs> Yeah, that's does, yeah. Red, Another one of Redknapp's specialities You know It yeah. was like Here we go Like what have we bought here But He'd become a, a legend At the club and He did um, And he fell in love With, with the club And the fans fell in love With him and He did He scored the greatest goal The Premier League has ever seen In my opinion mm-hmm. Against Wimbledon um, That great fair play moment At Everton Where he almost Got beaten up In the changing room By um, Stuart Pearce was it yeah um and you know but that was de you just never knew what you were going to get with him he mm. was he was unpredictable um world class and um a lot of people will say you know the player, it's probably the best player we've had since him but i don't think we've had, we'll ever have a player like him ever again um i don't think the premier league will see a player like him ever no. again no. if i'm honest like just a completely unique character um both on and off the pitch um has his flaws off the pitch, but um, <laughs> yeah, we won't bring all that up, but yeah. uh, still, uh, you know, a legend, um, and yeah, you can't leave him out of any team for me.
0: No, you're right, and it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Paya is probably uh, the most skillful player I've seen at Upton Park, um, or at West Ham, you know, at Upton Park, particularly, but I think DiCagno was the greatest player i've seen it's a different thing because as you said yeah. he had he was skillful but he was a born entertainer you know you didn't see payette i know oh, i don't know shove it you know throwing his hands up in the air wanting to be subbed you know uh, you know all that type of stuff that De Cano, he was box office and in the same way as Repka. you'd go you turn up to a game in that sort of harry that seven-year helm, of, you know, of his, of his managerial career at West Ham. And he was excited because you didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, that Bradford City game, everyone talks about it. But to be honest, most of that happened every game at West Ham. It's just mm. that, I mean, you wouldn't, if I was, yeah, Saturday I turn up and we're playing Bradford City, I wouldn't think it's going to be a game that people still talk about 20-odd years later. Yeah. But it was because it had everything, and that was just that was West Ham at that time, and that was Di Canio, and um, yeah, he still loves the club, and you know, and and again, there's not many foreign-based players, or yeah, I mean, particularly, or people outside of, you know, East End who, who were born there, who got the fans, and he just mm-hmm. got it, didn't he? he? Just got West Ham, and you could, you know, any time you you think he would turn up, he'd still. You know, love the club, and you know you'd get him in as a motivator. You, you would never put him in charge of your club, but not, you would. No. He you'd get him along as a, a cheerleader, you know, or someone to to rile everyone up because yeah. he was he was brilliant. He was mesmeric. I loved him. Okay, we'll put PDC behind the front. Two. Okay, who's, who's your first striker then? then? Uh,
1: first striker is by my f- my first ever hero at West Ham, Tony Cotty. T. C. Um, the first player I had on the back of my shirt as a kid. Really, um, he was the player that. I looked up to. This is the player I wanted to be in the in the in the playground at school. He um, was just he was the first striker I recall scoring goals for fun at West Ham. Yeah. And um, you know it's so much so that my my first ever West Ham teddy that my dad bought me when I was born was called Tony. Um, and you know I was gutted once when my dad we were tuning down at home, incidentally to Norwich. Norwich was my first ever game at West Ham, but then this yeah. was a few years down the line. We're 2-0 down home to Norwich. Um, my dad went right, we leaving early, a couple of minutes early. And as we we're walking back to the car, we hear two roars. And we've we scored two goals and Cotty scored both of them. Yeah. And uh, I didn't speak to my dad for about three days because I was gutted that I missed Tony Cotty, scored two goals in <laughs> injury time. And um, he was gutted as well. He was like, I can't believe I've robbed my son of that. But yeah, he, he's, um, yeah, he was, I can't, like, I just absolutely love the bloke. And I recently mm. we recently interviewed him for the for the podcast. Absolutely class, even now. Uh, so humble. You know, talk to mm. anyone, just a really top bloke, and yes. um, probably a very underrated um striker. From you know, if you look back, if you actually look at his record, only th- I think he's the fifth highest goal scorer in top flight history in this country. Mm. That's Premier League and before, because yeah. um, there was football before the Premier League, <laughs> and um yeah he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves everyone just thinks that you know alan shear is the greatest goal scorer that the, the country's ever seen i mean it's only four people in this country is scored more goals than him in top flight history
0: yeah it's um,
1: no, not a lot of people know that no um so yeah Class, class striker. And, yeah, uh, top bloke as well. No, you're
0: right, and and I think yeah, he's definitely outside of West Ham. He's, he's not in the same bracket as a Shearer or. But you're right. He's, he was a you know he was, a, he, he was he was the the proverbial fox in the box, wasn't he? I mean that's yeah. what he did, and he did it bloody well. And as you said, he's a top guy. He's a lovely bloke. He's so humble. I think I called him a West Ham legend in my when we interviewed him, and he went no, just call me TC. I don't like the word legend. That's probably funny. <laughs> look how many goals he scored and look how many people, Yeah, you know, yeah. Again. he was like, nah, 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 that seems, and, and he's a very humble man. And, and obviously we spoke at quite length about obviously him leaving, um, the first time. And yeah, I mean, he regretted it tremendously, you know, and he, he had to have him business, but it just didn't work out for him. Um, but you know, he's a lovely bloke. And I think, uh, he's graced many in the 11, as you said, of these because it's for a lot of people, very similar to yourself. He was you know their boyhood hero who was your who was the last person you had in the back of the shirt you said cottage your first one who's the last who's the last player you had on your back of your shirt james
1: i'm gonna to get to that okay oh brilliant i'm gonna going get, get right. to that okay um, i'm go saving on, the then. best two last dear russ best
0: two last okay so la- okay so we've got your last your last one Your last one is it elian well we've
1: got two more oh, two, um got got two more.
0: one two three four five six seven eight nine. Um, sorry my I'm um, miscarrying. Yeah, carry on sorry
1: it's not elan uh, it's <sighs> definitely not Elan, uh, although <laughs> he, he, he could have been in it. But uh, Carlton Cole for me. Oh, good old Carlton. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know how anyone can not like Carlton Cole. And he's Um Just again, I only him recently for work, not for the podcast, but for something else. And just an outstanding guy. Um, mm. But on the pitch, you know, he just—you you never saw him give less than one hundred percent. Yeah, Uh, he might have gone four months without scoring a goal, but he still gave everything for West Ham United on that pitch. And uh, what more can you want, you know, from a footballer? You know, he famously took that uh, 50% wage um, cut when we got relegated. Yeah, um, scored 15 goals the following season and scored in the player final to help us get back up. uh, Left and then came back again because he loved (laughs) us so much. And you know, I think he's 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 got the record amount of appearances at the club as a substitute. Um, and, you know, he didn't score half as many goals as he should have done. But nah. just for me, another, you know, a lot of people wouldn't call him a legend, but in my eyes, he's a legend because he stayed around for so many years. Yeah. He was so committed to the football club, so much so that he took a pay cut. I mean, how many players take pay cuts in, in, <sighs> modern, in the modern era? You just nah. don't see it these days. No. Nah. Um, and he did. And um, because he felt like he, it, it was his duty to stay at the football club and mm. help us get back up. Uh, and he did that, and he and he he scored in the playoff final and, and and played his part. So, yeah, the second best Cole to ever play for West Ham for me.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. No, he's a good good lad. No, he's good fun. And he, you're right. I mean, obviously, he's, and he and he's he's still in. The, he's in the club setup now, isn't he? So you know, again, it's like it's nice to see a lot of the ex players now back in the fold. You know, so. People like him and Koncheski and Potsy and Kevin Keane and Zavon Hines is in the setup, and obviously Kevin Nolan. And, yeah, it's nice to see. And you think, yeah, and Carlton's just a lovely bloke as well. But uh, yeah, he did give his all. You know, he's one of those players. You know, he did. again, I, I think he's he simply doesn't he didn't get the credit he deserved, as you said. You know, he, he hung about and. As you said, anyone could. Most people would bugger off, you know, if they're professional yeah. footballers to, to play in the Premier League. But he knew that he wanted to. He had unfinished business, and as you said, he's the, he did the goals that kept us up. So uh, let's put us in the in the Premier League, right? Okay, let's put Carlton in. And my apologies, you're right. There's one more space.
1: Who's <laughs> the last space, James? Right, Rush. Before we do this, I need to go and turn my light on because I've realised I'm sitting in the dark. It's got darker as we've gone it's on. It's fine. Don't worry. So I'm going to turn my light on because I've got something oh. to show
0: you as well. Oh, okay. Oh, gold. The anticipation now. I look forward to it.
1: So wrapped up in talking about West Ham, I, I just suddenly realized yeah. I was you like look Hang outside. On, it's got yeah. darker. So yeah, um
0: the sunset. Well
1: so, so yeah, so my, my final pick and this yeah. one, I'm almost certain no one's picked this player.
0: Um
1: <laughs> purely because he, he has become, you know, a laughing stock in West Ham history. Yeah. Um and it's this man. And I'm probably the only man, the only person that possesses one of these. In the world.
0: Marco Boogers.
1: <laughs> so the story behind this is that when we signed Marco Boogers in yeah. July 1995, my birthday's in July. So every year when I was growing up, you get a shirt for, my for your birthday, birthday. I got yeah, a shirt yeah. for my birthday. And we signed Marco Boogers about two weeks before. I mean, 95 would have been my seventh birthday. Um, and so I was like... <laughs> Like my dad was like, we've just signed this this great striker, you know, from, from Holland for a million pound. Harry Redknapp's like, he's, he's, this guy is going to be so good? <laughs> Seven year old, I'm like, what better than Tony Cotty? Like, yeah, <laughs> better than Tony Cotty. He's like, well, well, in that case, then like, I, I want him on the back of my new shirt, and it was you know, it was the centenary shirt. And, great you know, shirt. And I was like, and I was like, I need boogers on the on the back of my shirt. So my dad goes out and buys me boogers number eleven. Brilliant. And I was so proud to have this. I was walking down the street with it. People were like, who the hell is that guy on the back of his shirt? Uh, he knows what he, he knows that, business. You know? if he's got a one brilliant. And um and yeah, I mean, and then the rest is history. Really, um, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the world that still has a shirt with boogers on the back. Yes. Um, but he makes my my eleven purely because of that. Really, um, I've still got the shirt. I won't. It, 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 I'll always have it. I might yeah. even give it to my son to wear. Um, <laughs> Tell him all about the famous boogers. Four appearances. He almost killed Gary Neville. He did. Um, uh, and then his excuse was that the wet grass made him slip. Um, it, was, it was just comical. And, you know, and then there was that, that rumour that he'd gone off and, and lived in yeah. Caravan. For, but obviously that was a lot of rubbish. Yeah. I think he became a sporting director at a Dutch football club after he was Sorry, son. like that, yeah. But when he arrived at the club, you know, I, I did some research earlier. Um, he scored 71 league goals in five seasons in Holland. Albeit the Holland, uh, the Dutch second tier. Yeah, but he didn't come. He wasn't just like this random player that Redknapp. Uh, pl- I mean, apparently Redknapp had actually never seen him play when he signed yeah. him. But he wasn't like this random guy. He wasn't like an Ali Deer or something like that. Yeah, the, yeah, guy, yeah. Had, the guy had a little bit of pedigree about him. Mm. But quite clearly, it just wasn't England wasn't for him. Nah. Um And then I think he went. He went back home to fix a knee injury and then just never came back. No. Nah. Um,
0: uh, um, yeah. We interviewed. Um, we interviewed Martin Allen. And and he put Boogers in his he was gonna put I said there was one face left, who have he got? And he went, Marco Boogers. And he did it so dead pan and I went Huh? And they he went ah and he told me a story because he's cause basically he Martin Allen would always get would Harry would always room him with the person that no one else wanted to room with. So Mark, it's Marco Bugas. He made him room with him when they were doing some away trip in, I don't know, some pre season sort of training campus modes. And he went, and he didn't give a shit about anyone. Honestly, I, he said, I love the man because he just didn't give up about anyone. And it was just brilliant. It was so funny. But yeah, he, he he's, he's one of those joke players, isn't he? He's one of those urban, urban legends that that West Ham yeah. had all those. We had interviewed him. Um, I interviewed Steve Jones uh, the other day and he put in Palo Futre. Yeah. Um, again, a similar mould. And he just tells this great story. I and mean, everyone would have been up by the time where we, this one goes up. It's a brilliant story about they were in Hainault doing their cross-country pre-season. And um, I mean, they just signed Futre. And he turned up in a stretch limousine. <laughs> the window came down. He's smoking a fag or a cigar. He couldn't remember. Flicked it out got out, It was in kit, ran two laps of the pitch, went back in the car, lit up a cigarette and drove off.
1: <laughs> oh my word.
0: It was that era. It was meant to, be, but you missed get away with it back then, couldn't you? If we don't get, that's the thing, football is, I mean, you obviously you work in, in sport quite, you know, football there's a broadcast. You don't get those characters and those stories anymore now, do you? And I think that's, mm. that's what miss. you know, we, we could relate, you know, people like Julian, people like even Scott Parker and Joe and, even Repco, you know, people can relate to them players because they were just, you know, you, you could easily walk into a pub and find Julian, maybe not find Julian Dix, but you could imagine him yeah. turning up and particularly, you know, he ripped his shirt off, he had his trousers, you know, he'd have a can of Coke and a Mars bar and go out and play football, like we would do on a Sunday league. Mm. And... You know we just there's a, there's a disconnect now between fat players and fans, I think more so um you don't get players like I mean I like know Scott Parker was only around for three years. The impact he made you know as I said Reed's been around ten years, Dixie was around a long time. Rio was not so much but you know Cotty was around for a long time we don't yeah you know, it's just a pandemic of football really a different type of pandemic yeah. but um and I think that's that's what's good about this this these types of these types of uh this channel really and sort of talking to people like yourself and all the other fans is getting the stories out again, you know, and, and sort of ca- categorising them. Because, you know, the younger audience may never heard of Marco Boogers, you know.
1: Well, I and, mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, surely every dad, <laughs> every dad tells their <laughs> kids about the, the the famous Marco Boogers.
0: Marco Boogers are absolutely pretty... Well, I mean, your kid will know all about Marco Boogers because he'll be walking around in his shirt when he's, <laughs> when he's down little kickers and about when he's 11 or whatever.
1: <laughs> Can't
0: wait. We've all done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. Yeah. Go on, you learn to kick a ball. I don't want to play football. Go on, just kick a (laughs) ball, don't matter. Let me just take a few pictures just for Facebook. Um, Yeah. Um, James, it's been great, man. It's been lovely chatting to you. It's been really, really fun. Absolutely loved it. And um, and yeah, really good. Thank you. And I can see there's been a lot of agonising going into this. I can see there's been a lot of late nights a bit like x-factor you know when they when like the yeah. judges pick their groups and you get like polaroids on the table oh, yeah like...
1: I, I printed off pictures <laughs> of every single one of them i had, I had them all on the table um there's so many photos there yeah uh, no this this is the this is the 11
0: exactly your partner walks in too busy sorry sorry yeah. too busy it's a, it's a massive yeah. decision is it scott parker all or is it, is it is it, lauren, is it lauren courtois or is it scott parker <laughs> i need to make his decision <laughs> James be great. Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. And obviously thanks everyone for watching. Obviously like, share, subscribe. Obviously watch watch uh, subscribe to uh, the the We Always Stand podcast on on your podcast platform of choice. Um, and until uh, next time from me and James, take care everybody. Stay safe and see you again soon. Bye-bye.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky landslides, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom?